Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity this morning to gather together and to give you thanks. Um, Please just speak to me through this brief word I'm going to give about testimonies and the importance of them in Scripture and also work my way this morning through the testimonies of your people. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. A rabbi increasing in popularity is falsely accused, suffers, dies, but then goes missing. We have the luxury of 2,000 years now of church, of history, of scholarship, and the Bible itself to lean on, to understand what this would all mean. But imagine you didn't have that. You were living in these times, hearing these rumors, and you were trying to figure out, what is God doing? What is God doing amongst His people? What is He trying to say to me? If we were to look closer at the circumstances surrounding these events, we'd find two men walking along the road. They're talking about the words of the Bible, their Bible, and about the events surrounding the death and disappearance of this rabbi. The missing and supposedly dead rabbi then appears to them. And he walks with them and he uses the words of their Bible and their discussion to explain to them why this rabbi had to suffer and die and then be raised from death. These men had likely been practicing as they walked along the road what their parents had taught them and what their parents had taught them from Deuteronomy chapter 6 when God has given His law and Moses says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, these commands, this law that I give to you today is to be upon your hearts. Impress it upon your children. Talk about it both when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. And that's what they are most surely doing. God used the past to help them see His present. He used His past laws, promises, His mighty deeds, the command to talk about all of these things in everyday conversation, even as you walk with a friend along the road, to help people see what God was doing in their lives at this time through the life, death, and resurrection of this rabbi, Jesus Christ. Now within a couple months, with religious people gathered from every nation, a group of men stand up and speak in your language, though they're clearly from not your neck of the woods, People aren't from my country. How are they able to do this, you might ask? And they say the reason this miracle is happening, they can speak in another language, is because the time has come for God to dwell inside human beings. To be with and dwell inside human beings. Imagine experiencing this, not through the book of Acts, but for the first time. You might ask the question, what is God doing here among His people? And what is He trying to say to me? People had gathered at this time to celebrate a Jewish feast. 
God used feasts to connect celebrations of current life blessings with remembering past ones, past blessings. People would gather around food to remember these times of the past during blessings in the present. This feast was in line with the time of year of a harvest. And being 50 days after the Passover, it was about the same time between God freeing His people from slavery in Egypt and Moses going up a mountain to receive God's instructions for His people to live the law, the commandments. 50 days. And so it was 50 days. Let's celebrate a feast then to celebrate Moses coming down the mountain with God's law. That's what they did. They got together. They ate. They celebrated. They remembered God's instructions for living that Moses would get from God himself. It was called the Feast of Shavuot, which is translated in Greek into Pentecost, meaning 50. It was 50 days after people had been freed. They get God's instructions for living. And just as Moses came down the mountain with guidance from God, so God has come down to guide His people with the Holy Spirit. But how would you have seen this? How would you have seen this parallel unless you celebrated the feast? Likewise, how would you have seen the parallel with Exodus 32? When Moses came down from this heaven-like mountain to deliver the law, instructions for living, he found God's people indulging in idolatry, rebelling against God. You know what's said there in Exodus 32? I'm just going to read this to you. That day, about 3,000 people died. Now, when the Apostle Peter told people that God, God could dwell with and inside those who trusted Jesus, you know what it says in Acts chapter 2? Those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. God was reversing history from death and subtraction to life and addition. But how would you know that? How would you know that if you hadn't celebrated the feast, if you hadn't read his word, if you hadn't reflected on his mighty deeds? I'm so grateful for this church. We're a miniature expression of the people of God throughout the world and throughout history. One of the things I love about the church is that today people are still asking the question, what is God doing amongst his people here at sunrise? And what is he trying to say to me in my life? Most of us struggle to know what's really God And what's really just us wanting something so badly that we haven't yet received from God, that we haven't yet experienced in His church? So we don't know if it's really Him speaking and Him moving. During His ministry, Jesus constantly used reflections upon upon the past to reveal truth about Himself in the present. As the Holy Spirit was introduced, it wasn't through a new party, but through an old feast. As people reflected on what God had done by giving His law, His instructions to guide people for living, 
The Father gave His Holy Spirit to presently guide people for living. God Himself inside of us. What a gift. As a church existing in a global information age, it's easy to get caught up in what's next-ism. Right? Not worry about the past. What's God doing now? What's God doing now? Because we're always faced with information through media, technology, etc. What's next? What's next? What's next? So it's easy to move on a whim or on a motion or on the next piece of information that sounds interesting and maybe even this popular, exciting among the people. But there's a pattern from the past that we have to see, that we must reflect back on. God is weaving a story from the past that he wants to continue in the present. And unless we reflect back, we won't see clearly what he's doing now. And I want to see that, friends. I want, to, I want to know what he's doing in his church and in my life, what he's trying to say to me. He's used feasts, testimonies, the command to transform casual conversation into an opportunity to remember his words. He's used symbols like water to remember he's cleansed us from sin. He's used symbols like bread and wine to remember his bodily and bloody sacrifice. He's always using things for the past to speak to us about the present. Today we have opportunity to reflect upon, to remember, to testify about God's work amongst us from this past year. I just want to share with you, never done this before, a couple themes I've seen of what God's doing in Sunrise in 2013. First, signs of maturation and challenges. Those are kind of the the themes as I've reflected back on what God's been doing in our church this past year. These are the kind of themes I saw. First, signs of maturation and challenges. For instance, we had the first young person to be baptized in our church this year. As God has been using our kids' ministry greatly, very grateful for that. Our first missions trip this year to Honduras, right? Come on, Honduras people. A little shout for that. At least a dozen folks who first professed their trust in Christ in 2013. How amazing is that? So grateful that people have crossed from death to life and have shown that with their lives. Our largest ever newcomers lunch. 40 newcomers back in January for that particular quarterly lunch. People have been first introduced into the life and the fellowship of Sunrise Community Church. Our first year having multiple worship leaders. Amazing as God has grown our worship ministry as well. Signs of maturation, signs of we're actually maturing as a church, growing and deepening our eldership. And so grateful for that. We actually have people who are life experienced in our eldership, who've been elders before. That's nice. (laughs) Men getting off the sideline and stepping up to sacrificially lead and serve. That's a theme I've seen this year, and I pray it continues. Have you ever noticed the women are always in church and there? Back back to the cross of Christ. Remember, how many men were at the cross with Jesus? One, John. It's always kind of like the mama's boy. Kind of of guy, I love John. And then it was all women. Always been there. Men starting to step up. Prayer spreading. Both listening prayer and laboring in prayer. That's exciting. Discipleship relationships blossoming. Not to mention reconciliation in relationships. During our You, Me, and Peace sermon series, watching people, hearing testimonies of people going to one another, 
saying I'm sorry and extending forgiveness to one another. That's awesome how God used that. There have also been challenges in our church this year. Just to be real and honest, there have been challenges. Um, People transitions have been one of the hardest. Um, Around the spring and summer of this year, we saw a number of significant members, of true members of Sunrise Community Church, people using their gifts and talents to serve and contribute to the body, <clears throat> leave islands and go elsewhere. And it's hard, including even our uh, first associate pastor we've ever had. And we departed after less than a year. It's very hard. I know for me personally, it was just, it's been a difficult year in that regard. But of course, the, the graciousness of God bringing in through that, uh, Wendell's, Kim and Brett Wendell, which we're very grateful for their family being here as well. Um, another challenge has been feeling facility limit, limitations to ministry. I know that there are families who have struggled with our facilities because we just don't have enough room anymore to minister to kids and share the goodness and the graciousness of Jesus with them. And it's been a struggle this year more than ever. We've been looking out for facility options We've been making proposals and this, and it's been difficult. These are some of the things we've seen God do amongst his people this year. Let's pray God helps us see then what he's trying to do now. Pray with me. Father, we know you use testimonies, use your reflecting, reflecting, remembering, and testifying to your work in so many ways to give hope to people who don't have it to encourage those who are faint-hearted. And also, Lord, also, by looking to the past, we can see what you are trying to do amongst us in the present. So as we transition right now to a time of sharing individually what God has been doing in our lives in 2013, and what we see him doing as your people come forward and share what they see you doing in your people in 2013. Please help use it to help us see to how you are leading, how you are guiding us, what you are trying to say to us in the present. We ask this all in Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, I'm going to try and make this short. (laughs) Um, I would just like to thank God for a calm and peaceful year. I know that God has continued to the work that he was doing in my life last year. And this year, I have learned more and more the truth that all I need in my life to be complete is God. I know that I had been relying on other people to stop me from feeling lonely or sad. But this year, I have learned more and more that with God at the center of my life, I have everything. Psalm 23 verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and I know this is so true. I started listening to daily podcasts by two different, very biblically-based Christian speakers last December, and these have made a huge difference in my life. What they have encouraged me to do more than anything is to spend as much time as possible in his word. Through spending so much more time reading the Bible, I have learned so much more about God and his perfect plan for salvation and how he would like me to live my life so that I have the best life possible. Psalm 1611 is a favorite of mine, and I guess Brett's because I see at the end of his emails, 
And it says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And I can honestly say that my life this year has been far richer as a result of spending so much time in his word. I bought a new study guide at Katie's recommendation, and this has made a huge difference as it helps to explain the passages to me. I have been reading through Genesis and Exodus recently, and stories such as the story of Joseph have emphasized what God, has, what God taught me last year, that God will bring good out of every situation. In Genesis 15:20, Joseph says to his brothers, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. I know that I am trusting God more and more with all the different circumstances in my life, and I know that he sees the bigger picture and he knows why all the different events that have happened in my life have had to happen. I know that this year... God has placed into my life several women who are also going through difficult and challenging situations. And I know that God has used me to be of some comfort to them because of what he has taught me through my own situation. I would just love it if God could use me more and more to help other people and help them to put their trust in the Lord. One friend I know finds such comfort in hearing Bible verses that God has brought to my attention And I am happy that my renewed passion for reading the Bible has been used by God to bring comfort to somebody else. At the end of January, a very exciting event happened as my middle daughter asked me to pray with her to accept Jesus into her life. Janine had spoken the day before in children's church about the steps you take when putting one's trust in Christ. And my daughter knew that this was something that she wanted to do. Last year was quite a tough year for my daughter, but I know that God used that period in her life to teach her more about God, and I was so excited when she asked me to pray with her. I am so thankful for all the wonderful friends who know and trust the Lord that God has provided me with here here in Cayman. I know my family in the UK find great comfort in this too, that I have such strong Christian support here. It is wonderful to be able to meet up regularly with friends such as Veronica and Katie that God has blessed me with, with whom I can talk about things that God has been doing in our lives, and it is so encouraging and lovely to be able to pray together regularly. I am so thankful for my community group, and I know that this year God has been bringing us all closer together. I would also like to thank God for Ryan and Brett and for the work they do, and I feel spoiled that they are both in my community group. Early in the year, Katie suggested that I start each day by writing down five things to be thankful for, and I know that this has been such a positive thing to do in my life. Philippians 4 verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, and by starting my days by thinking of things to be grateful to God for really has helped me to be more joyful. This was the topic of one of my sessions of children's church that I was teaching the six to eight-year-olds, and I was so thankful to God that I had this opportunity to focus on joy and being able to be thankful in all circumstances because we can trust that God is good and has a perfect plan for our lives. Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18 reads, 
Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This can be a challenge sometimes, but in every situation that we face, we are not going through it alone. But as Psalm 16, 8-9 says, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is filled with joy. I know that God has used this year to help deepen my trust in him, and he has given me such a sense of peace and confidence as I know that he is always with me, guiding me every step of the way, and I am so thankful to him for that. Thank you. I forgot to mention, when you come up, if you would just say your first name, too, just so we know who you are and can thank you later. That was Joe. (laughs) Hi, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Max, for those who don't know me. I think, um, you know, I really want to just give a testimony about practically and tangibly how God has worked in my wife and my life, um, because I'm a very practical and tangible kind of guy. You know, I need, I want to sort of see it, and I want roadmaps, and often that's not really possible, but uh, it certainly helps me. And, uh, you know, God knows me as a person and he created me as a person. And, you know, when I, when I look back now and look forward and backwards, I can really see tangibly and practically where he was with me, how he helped us. Um, and I want to just share a bit on that. We, my wife and I have recently made the decision to uh, move back to South Africa uh, for various reasons I'll, I'll get into now. But I just wanted to give a bit of background about where it really came from or how we first landed up in Cayman and how that really was God working in us or God working for us and for our greater good, the fact that he brought us here. And when we first got married, we got married quite young. My wife and my wife uh, was quite young and we were, you know, starry eyed and we were very young in you know, in many ways in, in understanding the realities of, of marriage. And so when we were still in South Africa, we had a lot of challenges in terms of financially. Um, you know, when we got married, as young people do, they way overspent on their budget. Uh, they had student loans. Um, you know, we had, we we're very close to our family. So we always had the family there to, you know, around us as a couple, and, and we were sort of struggling to find our feet as a married couple. Um, I think one of the other big challenges as a, uh, before we came to Cayman was certainly for me with the church, the church we were in, I was quite disillusioned with, not disillusioned with God, but dis- disillusioned with the church. I was quite skeptical and quite negative about pretty much everything they had to say, and it had started affecting certainly my walk with God. Um, And then this opportunity for Cayman came up, Uh, obviously a daunting daunting prospect, leaving your comfort zone, leaving your family. But once we we prayed about it and made the decision, yes, we're going to do it, um, 
the floodgates really opened for us in our time here in Cayman. We, uh, you know, once we made the choice, okay, let's do it. God really answered all of our prayers. Um, he pretty much fulfilled everything that, that we had that we needed to in our lives, in our marriage. He took us away from our families for some time, which was very important because it forced Angie and I to really rely on each other and rely on God and force us to draw close. Um, you know, he sorted out our little prickly financial situation, but he brought us to sunrise as well and, and really, from a personal level, uh, restored my faith in the church. Um, he made me positive about it again. Um, and, and, you know, you can really sit back and look, look back at that time now and really know practically how God was working in our lives. Now the opportunities come, or we've been waiting on God, and we've made the decision to, to go back to SA. Um, we really want to make a difference in people's lives. I think before we left South Africa in the first, the first time, I don't think emotionally and spiritually we were quite there yet to really make a big impact. And God used this time in Cayman to really grow us, teach us what we needed to know, life skills, practical life skills, in order to make that difference. But we have felt for some time that God, you know, God wants to use us and we just don't know how and where. Um, and once we'd made that decision and we thought it was the right decision, God really has opened the floodgates for us again, confirmed to us this is where we need to be, um, you know, practically again, in terms of job opportunities, in terms of everything, he's making the way. And it really is very comforting for me when I look at these, you know, these practical solutions that God provides when we have faith and when we step out in faith and, and, you know, move into the unknown again, how he really makes the way for you. And um, we really want to make a difference in people's lives. And God is giving us the tools for that. Now it will be up to us again to really stand up and make full use of that and, and not enjoy just our own and immediate comforts, but take the blessings and take the gifts that he's given us to really impact people in a place like South Africa, where there is huge potential but also huge need, um, give us the skills and really push us to, to actually make that change in life. So I just want to give God thanks for, you know, how he is faithful to us if we are faithful to him. Thank you. Hi, I'm just a little bit nervous, so <laughs> bear with me. <laughs> um, I just want to thank God for uh, the time of just coming to Sunrise, just how Sunrise just made a change in my life with all um, how much He blessed me through my um, my marriage, like everything since before I came here. Things were very um, bumpy and stuff. And since I came here, the Lord had provided lots of blessings in our life. Um, for instance, he had changed our path of um, arguing all the time to providing us with situations on how to deal with, um, like, 
point since uh, sorry i'm just <laughs> nervous um just providing us with stuff where ryan's concerned how he preached on like marriage situations and how to deal with um, problems and solutions and stuff like that and through that time i just kept on praying and and things have just been working out very well in my marriage and i just want to thank god for my community group that had led me to be a strong person in Christ, and I just want to thank God. Amen. Good morning. My name is Veronica, and I hope that I'm not going to cry today. <laughs> I was not planning to stand up here and give a testimony, but I think... You know, the Lord makes so many beautiful things in our lives every day that um, it's important that we give that testimony and build faith in those that need. Something that happened this year, and I wanted to share it with you, something very specific, and give the testimony and the glory to the Lord. One of my children has problems with attention and I've been praying and praying about this for a long, long time, and always believing that the Lord would heal him. He's not completely healed yet, but I know it's coming. And the Lord gave me a word uh, one night when I was cleaning my room, and I was speaking to the Lord when I was cleaning the room, and I said, Lord, why is this happening? I've been praying, I've been doing so many things, and I believe that you can heal my son, and I know that you're going to heal him, Lord. So please give me a word today, because I was just doing homework with him, and I don't see it. And the Lord spoke to me so clearly. He says, Jeremiah 33. And I open it, and it says, um, where's my Jeremiah? Well, Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the God, the word of the Lord came to him a second time. This is what the Lord says, he who had made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. For, uh, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says about the house of this city and the royal palaces. And continues, and I said, Lord, this is not enough for me. I know that every time that I seek you and we pray, you speak to us, but this is not what I'm saying. Then I continue reading, and the Lord was very specific and says, continue reading. And this is probably 7.30 in the night, and I am cleaning and opening drawers and just cleaning my room. And then Jeremiah 33, 6, it says, Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. I will heal my people, and I, will, and I will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. And this is exactly what I need, and the Lord knows that I don't read Jeremiah every day or maybe once a year, but it was so clear and so specific. I will bring healing, and I will heal my people. And I said, Lord, I believe in this word. I take that word for me and my son. I will declare this word, and I believe in you. I accept your word, Lord, and I thank you from now on. Thank you for what you are going to do. Well, so many people said, you know, children with difficulties like this will need medicine, will need this and that. And I said, if this is one step, we will do it. But I have noticed in my son such a big change in so many ways. In so many ways, he went from having C's and D's 
to be today in a B area. And I rejoice in the Lord. And I receive that word of the Lord. And I know the Lord is going to heal him completely. And I believe that one day he's going to stand here or somewhere else and will share this testimony because there's nothing impossible to God, nothing impossible with him. And Jesus, when he was preaching, he was healing. So our God, our Jesus, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I hope that this testimony will bless you, that our God is a real God, is alive, he's not dead, he's alive and he's performing miracles today, and he will not stop performing miracles with those that believe in him. Thank you.